Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Three-man front comes charging, fake handoff, dropping back by Foles, launches a long spiral, back of the end zone, far side, leaping two-handed, falling down, catch made by Jeffrey! What a catch! Touchdown, Philadelphia! 34-yard pass! An acrobatic, two-handed, falling down, twisting catch in the back of the end zone. He beat Rowe, and the Eagles go up on top, 9-3, late first quarter. It is episode number 303 of the Bleed Green Nation podcast, BGN Radio. Whether you are subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Satchel, TuneIn, or possibly, what was the other one, Brandon, that we just got on? There's like the thousand podcaster or something like that. Uh, Wherever you are listening to us, the five-star reviews do go a very long way. And uh, BLG, have you checked? Are we near Pizza Party yet? Um, pizza party. What yeah, are, what am remember I we here? said we could get to eight hundred. I'd throw a pizza party because oh, you were like oh. so dead set on getting more reviews. Come on, man, well, where are you at? We need to get to a thousand. I think a thousand, a thousand is you know a nice even number we're and at, stealing from the Ricky as well. We're at three oh seven because I check every day. Three oh seven. Is that where three hundred seven? That's uh, that's uh, yeah. that seems pretty low. We need. We really need to get that yeah, up. Come that's on, people. Step it up. So uh, that, of course, is Mr. Jack Fritz from the Counterpoint Podcast joining us on the main pod today. Fritzy, what's happening, buddy? Good, good. This Foles talk is really fun. I'm having a lot of fun here talking about how it's tr- you can't trade him for a first round pick or even two first round picks. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun here. Yeah, well, that's, that's been kind of going on for the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to find out if BLG has had a meal or or not, depending on how frustrated he is with the Nick Foles talk. Because <laughs> I think he's just pacing around. Yeah, his- he's just like, oh my god, I haven't eaten lunch, and we got to we got to do this again. Uh, we will certainly get into that. As there's now a, a lot to unpack since the combine, which always tends to happen when you stick literally every GM and scout and coach in the same couple of rooms and they you involve alcohol which I'm 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 learning is is what you have to do at the combine obviously so, so let me just uh I, it was my first time going there and I'm glad that we did I think we'll be back there every single year one because we got to meet uh, a lot of really cool people got to hang out with Danny Kelly got to hang out with uh, Chris Burke from uh, Sports Illustrated got to see uh Chuck Charles McDonald who ran into Andy Reid and was just uh uh pretty amazing the balls on him that they had during the combine of just asking any question he wanted to which made it a lot of fun uh but uh you know uh all, all the guys from ndt scouting everything it was a, it was a great time the thing you have to know is and do if you want information i finally figured out how Schefter and rapaport and even mort do this thing get everybody drunk 
That's what you do. You go to the JW Marriott. You go to Prime 47. You go to uh, what's the other famous place that they put uh, way too much horseradish on? Whatever that place is called. Uh, it's a good steak joint as well. Just keep drinking. And that's part of it. You evaluate during the day and then you have have to have enough stamina to uh, I, I, I didn't understand why everybody was drinking light beers. And now I know. Uh, it's because you have to maintain yourself throughout the whole time. I was like, no, give me. I started out with scotch and then I went to whiskey. And by the time you get to two o'clock, you're like, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it the next day. But that's where uh, a lot of information comes from. So the funny things that I saw, one, a very famous head coach that we like to make fun of on this program was dancing on the tables the first night that everybody was there. And there was a coach in particular who looked at Tehran and looked at me and said, Oh, we need to fucking get Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and you're just going like, huh. whoa, holy cow. This is uh, so this is really how it goes here. And this is a lot of fun. All that being said, uh, this definitely, I think, showed me uh, a lot about what uh, what these guys are looking for. And frankly, for the Eagles and what they need here. And uh, there will be some audio that we'll, we'll cut in and out of here. I really do think in BLG, you've had this theory for, for a while now, but they're going to stick back with the trenches here. They're going to reinforce that at, uh, at any point in time. Howie Roseman made that a point when, uh, during his press conference. And then also when he met with the Philly media afterwards, but I really think that that's where they're going to end up. It is a very nice, deep offensive line and defensive line, uh, uh, draft once again, maybe not so much on the, on the edges and, um, uh, that's probably why you saw such a big dip uh, into uh, getting uh, pass rushers last year. It was a really good class for that. Same with the the uh, the cornerbacks. It's it's still good, and there's a, definitely a lot of athletes there. Uh, but I, I think when the Eagles are looking at us, they're they're still looking kind of long term. Mike McGlinchey is a, is a name that has uh, been keep coming up. Uh, of course, we all know what happened to Orlando Brown by this point, uh, having the saddest combine that you could ever have. Like when he was running it i just felt like there needed to be uh a tuba behind him yeah and just the clown and and get the apollo clown out and just like kind of shuffle him off the 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 combine stage because it was not it was not good i mean i i felt so bad for him because that kid went from like a first round pick to maybe maybe he's the top day four guy <laughs> you know it's just you can't be that unathletic and and he proved that um, that's probably going to hurt the amount of money that he's been making. But BLG um, talked to a lot of a lot of scouts and a lot of coaches that were around. They really do think that the Eagles are going to reinvest in the offensive line and the defensive line this year. Do you think that's the best direction uh, that you would go coming into the season? Did you, just, did you say the best erection? The, <laughs> the best erection or direction. Now, who which, had the best erection at the combine? <laughs> clearly, it was mine. Now, so, so. now we're... Now we're doing the counterpoint podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is what happens when you bring me on this that's, podcast. That's right. That's right. For for real though, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny to me when people are talking about like, oh no, you can't do that. The Eagles are already good there. I mean, are, did we not watch the 2017 season? I mean, that's why the Eagles were so good. They were apparently so good not. By the, the way, because the everybody thinks uh, Carson Wentz isn't that good anymore. So yes, I do agree that we forgot about it. <laughs> well. Also, just because of the fact that it's not fun. I mean, who wants like to draft an offensive lineman in the first? Like, it's not fun. Like, there's no excitement. Like, you can't go and like look at his highlights on YouTube. Like, that's or maybe you get see like a couple cool blocks, but like you know, it's not it's not the fun thing. It's not the it's the meat and potatoes. You know, it's not uh, it's not anything flashy. But I think it makes a lot of sense for the Eagles. You look at where they are on the offensive line. I mean, even if you are a big believer in Big V and I still haven't seen enough where I think he is like the definite no questions asked uh, offensive tackle of the future whenever Jason Peters retires which might be never then I still think you need that fourth guy because if JP goes down and he's getting older or Lane Johnson God forbid something happens and he gets suspended again and he's gone for two years like you need a fourth offensive tackle who can also play really well I mean last year it was Taylor Hart at one point. Like that can't happen again. And it was Will Beatty after that. So yeah. you need that fourth guy who can be in there. Or if you're looking at the defensive line, I mean, you're losing Bo Allen probably in free agency. Peter King said he's probably not going to be back. I think we all probably knew that anyway. And you look at how often the Eagles rotate their defensive linemen, especially during the regular season. That third defensive end is playing a pretty decent amount of the snaps. Like he's almost, and he's not quite a starter, but he's almost there. I mean, he's more than just a, a mere backup. So, 
Uh, you could definitely afford to invest in that position. Tim Settle is definitely a guy who interests me if we're talking about that. And then you have defensive end. I mean, Brandon Graham, the Eagles are supposed to, you know, they've supposedly talked about an extension with him, but we'll see what comes of that. He's going to be 30 years old. Uh, you have Vinnie Curry, who is either going to be traded or going to be cut or going to take a pay cut or anything else that Ian Rappaport decides to say. <laughs> what a, you know, for first of all, out. what a week for him. Holy shit. Are you kidding me, man? Like, I, I, I know it's 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 really hard to do all that stuff, but like. The first of all, yeah, he is a really nice guy uh, for him to go with the Lamar stuff and then be and totally whiff on that. And then just like there was a couple others this week that it was just like, man, you are having a rough day, pal. Like it was it was really the bad. Dad Duke's interview thing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really bad. And this is this is uh, what is what is funny about that is those were some of the things that I had heard that the combine Vinnie Curry wants to stay. He loves uh, Wilson. He loves He's an Eagles. Fan. Yeah, like he and well, aside from all that, like just from his career, yeah, I get he doesn't really want to go anywhere, and he they're going to try and make that work so he can he can stay. Which I was really surprised by. I was like, oh, they're just I guess they didn't want to, and he wants to go look for starter money. So the fact that he retracted that so quickly was was kind of kind of interesting. I'm okay if Vinnie Curry's here, Jack. Are you okay with Vinnie Curry well, if he's here I, and taking a pay cut? My main question is what happens to Derek Barnett? Because I think Barnett's good enough to be a starter. Yeah. Is he is he gonna are we just gonna have him on our second unit again? And is that is that a luxury that we can have here, I guess? I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what they do with Derek Barnett because I think he's good enough to start and I want him to start because I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer and I need him to get on that track. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I don't know. I I'm, I'm curious because I'm cool with Vinnie Curry being back, but I also think Barnett's good enough to start. I don't know what they do. I I would I would take a fifth round pick for him. If I think if it, it got to that, yeah, point. and maybe that's what they end up doing, and they just say, look, like I don't I don't want to take less if you can. Maybe they'll go down that route first to well, see if he can. Who stay do you want starter. starting? Who do you want starting next year? Oh, Derek Barnett, absolutely. Okay. I don't I don't I don't see, think it matters like a ton in terms yeah. of start. Like they rotate so much. Like it's not it's not like the difference between like Vinny snaps and like Chris Long last year, for example. Like weren't even it's not even that big. Yeah, but I was reading something today that that Vinnie Curry had eighty eight percent of the pass rushing snaps in the playoffs, and Barnett only had sixty one. And I would rather have that flip. Yeah, and I think yeah. that becomes of uh, a, a lot of different things. One, you're going to hit a rookie wall by the time you get into the Super Bowl. I mean, that's really that doesn't uh, that doesn't really happen for those guys. And I think the matchup kind of dictated that as well as just to have Vinnie, you know, bull rush uh, the, the you know the Patriots offensive line to try and get to Tom Brady. Uh, I, I do think that uh, eventually flips, but it is I I don't know what's going to shake out in in BLG. I know that. Listen, GMs are going to lie to you, especially when it comes to this time. But it really did sound like Howie did not want to do much in terms of moving that defensive line around. I mean, you mentioned Bo Allen, and that makes sense. But they want to keep reinvesting in that. That that uh, goes along with what people were saying at the at the draft here, uh, or excuse me, at the combine. But um, would you want to hold on to Vinny Curry? Do you think he's that important for this defensive line? I think Vinnie Curry had a pretty good year last year. And the problem is he's being, he is like the, uh, he's one of the top cap hits on the team and he's being played, he's being paid like an elite player, but that's not what he is. So he is overpaid and that's, that's what makes it difficult. The Eagles are just so tight on cap space here. And as we are talking, we have a little bit of breaking news. Adam. Oh yeah, I see it right now. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, seeing that uh, kind of tying into this this veteran thing here that Brent Selleck apparently still wants to play, and he's on the books for four million this season, and you know that's another kind of tough situation here. Like these guys, it, this is where you know obviously you won the Super Bowl. That's awesome. These are good problems to have, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, oh man, we got to let Vinny go possibly. You know, he grew up an Eagles fan. He's worked his butt off. He became a starter finally, and he had a good year. And then you have Brent Selleck, who, you know, you feel like you don't want to cut him, but you can't pay him. Like, that's the thing. So between tying that Selleck thing into the Vinny thing, like, you can't pay these guys the money they're making. You have to do something, whether it's a pay cut or a restructure. Like, you have to do something. You can't just sit there and be like, hey, you know, we're just going to keep you as is. You, you can't. Like, they can't do that. They're just not in the position. The cap number came out. Uh, officially on Monday night, it's at I think 170 
7.2 million. Yep. And that means that the Eagles are, uh, if you look at over the cap, they're like over 11 million, but they didn't include the Donnie Jones thing. So it's like really 9.6, but you know, that's a, that's a good amount of money and they, they still have to make some decisions here. And now you look at that Selleck thing and we were all figuring, okay, they can easily get back in the plus side of cap space because you cut Selleck and that saves 5 million. And now it's like, all right, now you have to figure out what you're going to do there. Yeah, it was cut Selleck and then cut Tory Smith, and you just kind of move uh, move forward with that. And and by the way, and speaking of that, we'll come back to this uh, obviously in a little bit because that's this is going to be an ongoing thing for the next couple of weeks. But the the Eagles did hire uh, two new coaches, uh, one's coming from the the CFL, uh, the other coming from the college ranks in uh, North Carolina, who's been very familiar with what Mac Hollins is and does. Uh, I think that I mean obviously that was probably yes. going to happen anyway that Mac was going to come into that that starting role but blg tell us a little bit about these uh, these two new wide receiver coaches that are coming in yeah so the one guy is probably related to carson wentz because his name is carson walsh i mean <laughs> clearly can clearly we get a, a ruling there. are we um, sure it's not carson wentz <laughs> yeah i mean that's pretty similar i mean it might be the same guy it's an assistant wide receivers coach too so you could figure you know carson wentz is recovering from injury so has some extra time in his hands how no, old is carson uh, no, walsh? Uh, yeah how old is carson walsh uh, I think he's in his thirties. Perfect. He's, I I want I him to be my new press Taylor, you. honestly. So. <laughs> there, and and you shall have it. Yes, thank you. Yes, I just want all but the young minds. That's all I want. I think it's interesting that, um, for real, though, they did bring in like a CFL guy to be this assistant. And obviously, he worked with Mike Gross. That's where the connection is from. But you bring him in. You bring uh, Gunter Brewer in, which is a great head coach. Yeah, it is. I feel like, again, getting into counterpoint territory here <laughs> where um, if you're ranking the coaches by their name, I mean, that's just a, that's a fantastic coaching name. And the Mac Collins factor, obviously, is like awesome. The fact that you're bringing in his coach, um, a little interesting thing that I thought about was, hmm, they hired Fletcher Cox's defensive line coach uh, at one point, his college defensive line coach, and then now they're bringing in Matt Collins. So I wonder if that's like a factor at all. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's good to bring in a guy like that, a different experience. He has experiences in different spread offenses. You know, we always think about the position coaches typically just as they pertain to their specific position, obviously, duh. But you look at how Doug Peterson structures things, and he has his guys involved, like uh, John Filippo had a big role in the red zone, and Mike Rowe was the third down guy last year. So these guys are going to be involved in part of the game plan, and to bring in someone like Gunter Brewer, who has all this experience in different places, and possibly if Mike Rowe is really successful and the Eagles are doing well with him, then he's probably going to move on to somewhere. Uh, I'm sure he has aspirations. And then maybe you promote Gunter Brewer, so you have that guy in house. So, just more talent in the the coaching pipeline, and that's really important because we always talk about how you know Andy Reid lost all those assistants over the years, and just was never the same. So it's good to see the Eagles are kind of, I think, trying to make an effort to kind of have that pipeline and replace those guys and have good guys in house. The one thing that I did like uh, about Gunter is this is something that I think you and I had talked about for a long time. Why aren't more NFL teams going after college guys that, A, I mean, this is obvious because it has a connection, uh, but a guy that has been planning offenses for a long time now, somebody that's uh, fresher eyes than than the old NFL, and the reason why, just like as BLG was saying here, Jack, like you, that's how Doug Peterson has RPOs and the Philly special and just a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff is coming from the college game. It's nice that you have maybe uh, another guy to groom if if grow becomes that successful but another guy that is from the college ranks that you know is not just going to jump to the next nfl job to bring him in here for new ideas i love that hire and it's smart because yeah. the game's evolving and it's becoming more and more like a college game and having new ideals to throw on nfl minds like doug peterson i mean if these guys have fresh ideas from college throw to a guy like doug peterson who's been in the league forever he will be able to tell if it works or not i think it's uh i think it's really smart and it's you know, James Seltzer, I think, in his bio, should just have market inefficiency. That's, that's, that's all he talks <laughs> yeah, about. It's true, yeah. It's all he talks it's about. It's another market inefficiency that it's just, uh, I love it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's that's my all bad <laughs> Seltzer caricature. That's really, go. really bad. Um, <laughs> but I think I think bringing in these guys from college is, is something. I mean, obviously, we shot from the moon and our Lincoln Riley. Just, hey, let's, see, let's bring him in and see how he would be an offensive coordinator. That was obviously ridiculous. But the idea is still there in, in bringing in these college guys. And if I'm not mistaken, this Gunter Brewer guy also coached Randy Moss 
and Randy Moss, Justin Blackman, and Des Bryant. So it's like it's a it's a bunch of guys that he seems like to have a good track record with. Yeah, so. 1996 to 1999 with the the Marshall wide receivers. Of course, I don't know how much is is going to be like. Nope. Hey, I, uh. he made Randy Moss <laughs> as good as he is. Yeah, and and I like that he worked in the prime time of of Oklahoma State too, like yes. back in the their early 2000s, and then to go all through that and see the see the evolution of, of getting into just a massive spread where no one can really play defense in the Big 12. So that's that's that to me is a, is a very good sign and a very underrated thing I think for this coaching staff of as much as I still think DiFilippo and Reich not being there uh, they went the right direction hiring in-house and doing all that stuff too so as we keep getting you know a little further and further away from the combine just as we we're saying and and by the way I have to give a hat tip to Michael Kist and to uh, Benjamin Solak who have doing who are just crushing this fucking thing man I mean they might make us sound so dumb we might have to fire them that's how good they are they're I mean, like, make sure you are listening to the Kiss and Solak show. They have every single breakdown of uh, of, of players, and I know that Benjamin's coming out with his top 100 prospect list uh, in just a little bit, maybe in the next couple of days. So they they are really in tune to what's going on, and certainly we will flow that in there, and we'll, we'll get together and have a real big show with those guys. But um, as this, we're just going to keep focused on what's happening with the Eagles because there is so much stuff that is is popping up here. And let's talk about kind of what has happened in the last couple of days with Patrick. Patrick Robinson, and now from ESPN Radio in Philadelphia, Chris Mortensen. Stop. <laughs> Chris Mortensen went on and and uh, and had said that the Eagles have a a plethora of of DBs that he could see a, a third round pick coming back into into the fold because they're they have they went from something that was a complete disaster and in one year now they have too much dbs and i blg explain to me why one uh you think that uh, that is that is ronald darby because a lot of people said that's that's easy to flip ronald darby back to get the third rounder back why do you think they would go that direction well first of all i don't necessarily want them to like i like i think i like ronald darby more than most people um, but just looking at it from what was said, and I want to say here that, you know, this came up in a conversation where Mort was talking about, you know, they don't need to trade Foles for picks because they could trade some other players. And he kind of just threw this out there. It didn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't like a lead. It wasn't necessarily, I don't even know if it was sourced or if it was him kind of just being like, oh, yeah, the Eagles have a lot of defensive backs. Maybe they'll trade one of those guys. Uh, but. The fact that he brought it up on his own kind of makes me think maybe he does know something. So if that is the case, I think Darby is the guy just because they love Jalen Mills. Like Jim Schwartz always goes out of his way to praise Jalen Mills. He'll be talking about, I don't know, donuts. And he'll be like, you know what? Jalen Mills, you know, that guy is great. And it's like, all right, that that makes sense. What's your favorite uh, donut, Jim? Well, first of all, uh, the crawler. Uh, and I just want to say awesome. that Jalen Mills is uh, wonderful. And if he was a donut, I would eat him. You got to go Boston cream. Boston. Not, <laughs> too much. Not, too not, much. Not Boston cream, though. I mean, like, it has to be custard, but this is besides the point. All right, we're going we're gonna to um, have a donut debate after all. That'll be the Easter egg. <laughs> no, no, we got to solve this, but yeah, okay. We, we set that up well. Yeah. So uh, I don't think it's Dylan Mills. Rizal Douglas, like, I don't think they're trading him after one year. Uh, Patrick Robinson's obviously a free agent. It's not him. It's not Sidney Jones. I mean, they're not. It's not Sidney Jones. I don't even need to explain why it's not Sidney Jones. So that leaves Darby. And I think Darby is the guy because Mort was talking in the context of corners. I know you could say it could be a safety because he said defensive back, but he kind of, he had just brought up Sidney Jones. So I think he was talking about cornerbacks and you look at Ronald Darby and he's a young player and I think he's really good, but he's on the last year of his deal. The Eagles are already so tight on cap space. They have all these players. They still have to pay. Carson Wentz's contracts extensions coming up. They just might, and then you have all these young guys, these young corners that they like. They just might feel like Darby isn't a guy in their long-term plans. And if you're getting that third-round pick for him, and you're not planning on keeping him around for the long term anyway, then that's palatable. I think that's you know acceptable thing. You look at it in the sense that hey, they traded a third for him, uh, and if they're getting one back, it's like they rented him out for a year for the cost of one year of Jordan Matthews, which is a good move because they desperately needed corner help at the time when they traded for Darby, and he had some big contributions this season. I mean, everyone I think kind of focuses more on the negative, but he was yeah. awesome in that Cowboys game. He was. He had the freaking play that sealed 
the NFC, uh, the the number one seed in the NFC for them. Like uh, again, people don't talk about that. He had that huge interception at the end of the Raiders game, which set up the field goal by Jake Elliott and got them the number one seed and allowed them to rest in Week 17 and, and the final doornail, and the final doornail in the NFC Championship game too. I mean, like, I know Graham intercepted, yeah. it, but he made the play. Yeah, but exactly. Like he he's a good player. I think too that. The fact that he got hurt early in the season and he didn't he he wasn't even with the team. He got he he arrived here in August. Like he didn't even have a ton of time to learn the scheme. Then he got hurt. His ankle so was in didn't, half. That we forget that. His ankle it, yeah, that looked terrible. So I think he's a, probably a better player than what we saw last year. So again, I'm not trying to rush him out of here. I'm just saying I could see where that would happen just because I know, John. I think you had said, you know, maybe it's Rodney McLeod. That just doesn't well, make this sense is, to well, me from money. Well, here I, 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 I want Jack to chime in because he was actually one that texted me about it, and I, I thought about it a little more. I was like, actually, that does make a lot of sense long term. Tell me why, Jack. Yeah, well, I hope it's McLeod. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to move Ronald Darby. I like Ronald Darby, and I don't think McLeod is is that great. And he has a huge cat number, and I would like to get that off the books if I can. But what I would do if I was the Eagles, is that I would re-sign Patrick Robinson, leave him in the slot. I would trade Rodney McLeod. I would keep Darby, move Mills to safety, and that would be my core. And then I'll have Patrick Robinson let him stay there. I would have Sidney Jones and Ronald Darby, Mills to safety, and all these guys can all be interchangeable either way. McLeod, I just, I don't think he's worth the money that they're getting. I don't think they'll get a third round pick from McLeod because I don't think he's that good, but I think they can get a a, a day three-ish pick for him. I am kind of with Jack on this, and I, and I thought about that for a long time too. Because like BLG and like you, I don't I don't want to give away Ronald Darby. Like twenty three. What's, what's the point of that? And like when you're thinking in terms of of cheap, and you're trying to stay that way, and certainly uh, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to have to do after this year. But for this year, again, if we're speaking in the context of the Eagles trying to go win a Super Bowl, and I know BLG from a cap number, it only saves them like what one point two million dollars if they end up yeah. training this year. So Paired it's to seven point two dead money. Yeah. So there is. Uh, and that's going to stay on the books. But again, if you're getting value back for your safety and Jalen Mills played a lot of safety in college, more so than he did corner. Now you have the ability of Jalen Mills dropping down and trying to cover somebody and let Malcolm do his thing or interchanging that. So you can do a lot of different things where I don't think you can necessarily do that with Rodney. Maybe it looks like you're playing a single high shell and then all of a sudden it shifts over to who's doing that or you just back them both up. Um, I think you can do a lot of different interesting things if Jalen Mills is your safety plus if there is an injury to that core now and you do have Patrick Robinson locked up you can he can play in and God willing I didn't think this was even possible but he can play out too because Darby was gone for seven games or whatever it was and he played pretty well Uh, I think it is interesting that the Eagles are having talks or at least reportedly having talks with Patrick Robinson to go and do that because you're like well you all thought uh, and I all thought uh, we all thought that he was not going to be back that was a that was an easy thing so these different things keep popping up and I really don't know which direction that they're going to go in but certainly for for the future when you're looking down the line here too because they're going to have to keep doing this seven and a half and then eight and a half for Rodney McLeod the next two years uh, is is probably a good thing not to worry about after this season even though it's it's not great cap savings now but if man if you can end up getting a third round pick for that and I, I think it makes a ton of sense, BLG, from a schematic standpoint and from a, a, a pick standpoint and not necessarily a cap standpoint no, you guys are wrong. <laughs> and here's why. Uh, I, again, I'm kind of, I think we all agree on where Rodney McLeod, his value is. Like, I don't think he's this star player. I don't, you know, he's, he's good. I'm not trying to, I, I, I don't think Jack likes him. Uh, I think he, you kind of like don't like him at all, right? Yeah, I think he's okay. Yeah, I think he's good. He's, he's up and down. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he has some good moments. He had some real. He's better when Malcolm's moments. back there with him. He's not good as a single high. Season. Yeah. Any of that, he suffered like a, a hamstring or something early in the year. I think that kind of, you know, derailed the season a little bit. Seemed like he struggled. He kind of rushed back from that because he had to because the Eagles were down to like no safeties. Uh, I think the thing with that is I think the Eagles are trying to look to add safeties to the roster. And I think, you know, you're talking about Mills moving back there. Maybe I think that's kind of like a big projection to just assume that like you can just do that in one off season and it's a sure thing. Maybe you can. I don't know. But I think they definitely want to add more to that position this offseason because Corey Graham is going to be a free agent. He played a decent amount of snaps this year. 
I think you have to start thinking about the future of that position, whether you know, you're not maybe moving on from McLeod this offseason, but it could be soon as next or, or Malcolm Jenkins for sure. So you have to start thinking about the future of that position. And again, just the fact that the Eagles, they don't just use two safeties. like They use three a lot. They rotate those guys as well. So I think in the long term, yes, that they they could be doing that, but in the short term, I think you know if we're talking about this one report by Mort, which you could call a Mort report, it would be <laughs> I think it would be Darby. Yeah, I, and uh, trust me, I understand that too. And and there was there was whispers of this even even before we got to this point. I remember hearing something. I can't remember who reported. It might have been Locking Four in the middle of the season that had said that they. Dan Graciano or Graciano it might it might have been like they are oh yeah it was Dan now that I'm thinking about it they are not dead set on what their secondary is right now so to me I'm I'm very surprised that it it would be Darby out of all this considering all of uh, all the things we had just mentioned but uh, this is kind of what makes makes this uh, a lot more interesting also uh, just throughout the last couple of days and hearing stuff from the combine and whatever i mean the nick Foles thing does not go away uh and we all knew that we were going to be talking about it for the next 40 years uh on this podcast and certainly everywhere else you look and now there is report from jeff Mosier who had said that there was an afc team that uh threw in a, a second round pick uh, as an offer there's been a couple of other whispers that the the uh, the cardinals at least from what i heard the cardinals had made an offer out there as well so uh i i don't know ultimately uh i i i really look at this situation and i i, I keep thinking the same couple of things one if you're going to trade nick Foles, it better be right now if you are waiting on on anything outside of yes, I know Carson Wentz's situation is in the air. Yes, I know that we don't know what Nate Sudfeld is. And by the way, there are other quarterbacks that have played this game before. There is literally a, a plethora of guys that have played in the backup position. No, none of those are Super Bowl MVPs. No, I I understand all all of the different sides of it. I'm just talking about the timing. If the Eagles do want to do this thing. The market is now. The market is not in training camp unless it, again, somebody gets really stuck or, or unlucky, uh, like they did with uh, Bridgewater, and that's that's trying to hit the win the lottery twice or getting struck by lightning twice. I don't foresee that happening. You have to trade Nick Foles now if you want to do it. And frankly, the the fact that uh, I think Mort had also said, or who who said uh, first? Oh yeah, Mort had said a first and a fourth. Uh, it has it has been like the bar price for the Eagles when he's been talking to uh, a lot of these different teams that have gone in there and tried to make offers to get Nick Foles off the Eagles, which in turn he interpreted Jack as the Eagles don't want to trade this guy, which I don't care if they do or don't. If he needs to be here, fine. But if the if the opportunity that they pass up for a day to pick plus. Uh, which which looks like to me it would get it done. Uh, I think that's ridiculous that they wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, how I read it yesterday was, you know, I think the first report was right. I think the second round pick is is probably what it's going to take. And then they floated out the one and four thing to drive up the price, and yeah. and hopefully they can settle in on a high day, high second round pick, low first round pick, or something yeah, like that. A two and a four, or a two and a five, yeah, or I mean, a two and a three, or whatever. They're just trying to drum up the interest, and they should. I think Howie's playing it completely right, just saying like. Uh, <laughs> just, just saying that. Uh, well, now see, now I'm just off. Now I forget what I was even talking about. Because we have. I'm trying to make him raise his mic know, so everyone can his beautiful uh, voice. Now and, I'm all thrown off. Yeah. Um, you were saying. I agree with you guys about the second and something. I think that's like the realistic value. Because I saw another report that you know how he's being really dead set on like it not moving from that yes, from that price, right? Which I think is is smart for right now. And then eventually come down to a normal price, not a one and four. When when push kind of comes yeah, to shove yeah, yeah, and it gets yeah. to the thirteenth, no he has no reason to be like right now. He has no reason to to accept a second round pick because I think they can get higher than that, like a, a middle second round pick. I think they can get higher than that. Is my is my main point? Yes, and I, and I do too, BLG. That's that's why I think this is that's why they're saying what they're saying. I don't think it's in any indication at all about Carson Wentz's health. Do you? In ter- what do you mean, like not trading him? Yeah, it says that, like, hey, this guy just won the Super Bowl MVP. We're not sure about our quarterback. We're not going to do anything else. I don't really think that that's the conversation that they're having right now. 
Yeah, me neither. I think, you know, all reports, and again, it's there's, what, six months until September. We don't know for sure. But all reports have been that they think Wentz is going to be ready. I mean, Peter King said that this week. They feel like, the Eagles feel like, that Carson Wentz is going to be ready by week one. And, and maybe even if it's not exactly week one, they feel like he's going to be ready pretty early in the season. It doesn't sound like they expect him to miss a lot of time. So I don't think that's a big thing for them. And then even if he did... I keep coming back to the Nate Studfeld thing, man. I think they really like him. And <laughs> too, yeah. I think I, I think you and then like, that's another big thing talking to the combine. I mean, you know, Howie was like gushing about them him specifically. And of course he was asked about him, so he's going to say nice things, but that doesn't mean he has to go out there and say he thinks he's going to be a future starter. Like he went to that extent. So I think they really like him. And I well, think for, for the record, I, his tone was not gushing, but he did say a lot of nice things about Nate. Yes, Sudfeld. I mean, yeah. well, I mean that itself, like he didn't have to say that. Like he could have been right. like, yeah, we like Nate Sudfeld. He didn't have to say like, oh, I think he can be a starter, too. But uh, I, I think I have so much confidence in what I saw Doug Pearson able to do last year that I feel like the drop off from Nick Foles to Nate Sudfeld isn't this catastrophic thing that people are making out to be because we saw Doug shape an offense around Nick Foles and coach up Nick Foles and make it work. I think Doug could do that if need be with Nate Sudfeld. And I think I just keep coming back to like, I'm looking at the Eagles cap situation and I'm looking at all of these players. They potentially need to pay like a Darby in the future or, you know, what do they do with a Jai? You know, there's all these decisions. It's not just those two. It's like, there's so many decisions to be made here. And then Carson Wentz's contract is coming up. Like that's obviously a big thing. I just don't see how that 5 million you could save by trading Nick Foles. Like, I don't see how they'd be like, yeah, we don't need that. Like, yeah, they do need that. They're really under the cap. And, and just the draft pick too. Draft picks are more valuable to the Eagles than ever. I think yes. that's something that's kind of like being missed. Like this isn't like, cause people will be like, Oh, why are you going to trade Nick Foles for a draft pick? What's that draft pick going to even do? I mean, that's such a dumb thing to say. First of all, oh, we got like, four calls on that last night. It was insane. It's, it's, the people were like, most well, what is a draft pick? They don't even work. I was like, what are you talking could about? Be, could, <laughs> be no, could be nothing. I love that. Hey, don't draft yeah, anybody. Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz is drafted in the second round. The, like, <laughs> what are we talking about? The other, funny thing is too and I, I i meant this in no slight to rue but i remember him tweeting something out last week before i went to the combine he, oh he said keep this in mind as you're watching the combine legarrett blunt undrafted uh jay Ajayi, uh fifth round and Corey clement undrafted and i go yes but also <laughs> lane johnson first round you know uh they, they uh, literally uh, Derek barnett first round you know all the guys that contributed first round second round first round alshon jeffrey second round like there's there is a reason why a lot of those things tend to work out you get talent everywhere you yeah that is also true and you, that's what the ongoing debate every single year when it comes to draft season especially like with running backs so, ah you can find them everywhere yeah you can find them everywhere and guess what some of them uh are, are a lot better because of the people that are in front of them the trenches the the quarterback the whoever for Carson Wentz a first round pick like you know it is, it is uh it's not just like a whimsical thing that you can just have day three picks because if the Eagles just had uh I don't know seven fourth round picks you'd be like okay cool at least they'll go find players no you still need to find cheap young talent that's coming in here the one great thing that I love uh, that the Eagles are at 32 is there are a lot of people that are throwing their hands up in the air when it comes to Lamar Jackson. They had a formal interview with him, which basically means he's had a formal interview with everybody. That's really just due diligence or whatever. At the end of the day at 32, if he's not there, and I just saw Dave Zaringo tweet this out, according to Bovada, he's supposed to go, the over and under for him is at 32 and a half. If the Eagles are still, if he's still on the board there and the Eagles are ready to go, that's a prime spot for a lot of people to go up and trade up for him uh, if they think they can go get their guy too. So, yes, there are different ways to go get picks in this draft. Uh, but, uh, BLG, you nailed it on the head. I think that's something that Jack and I have been preaching for the last couple of weeks here too. The, 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 the Beyond cap, beyond whatever, and you've said this too in a lot of different articles, BLG. There is no more of that. This is the realization of coming to the fact that the Eagles are Super Bowl champions and they are to the brim when it comes to their cap numbers and their ages. Like, there is no other way to recoup talent right now and to keep it fresh. And we've seen this happen f from time to time with a lot of talented teams. The Falcons are one of them. I mean, the Falcons, when they traded up for Julio Jones 
really, uh, you know, swung for the fences, got to the uh, the championship game, and then the next couple of years. They just fell apart because they didn't draft well and they didn't go and try and recoup a lot of those picks along the way to keep the talent of an influx coming. And that's so hard to do in the NFL. It's incredibly hard. In, in any other sport, it's a little easier. But like in this, in the NFL, you and, and this is where it comes back to Joe Douglas too. He's going to have to have his Super Bowl today. Uh, and, and throughout the rest of the rest of draft season here, because they need to absolutely nail this thing. If Nick Foles allows you to go and recoup some of that stuff, it's got to be now and you got to do it. That, and, and that's where I, I will always come back to. Uh, I, I am also are you going to be upset if, if Nick Foles is still here? I get the sentiment that BLG is. I'm not. I'm fine. Like, you no, can I, stay here and be I, I, there's the, uh, the Eagles can do whatever the hell they want. No, they can't. Listen. It would it would be it would be incredibly short sighted to keep Nick Foles in this roster. I I, I agree. But I think I, if, but. it's a sign of a smart organization to trade Foles for draft picks at this point. It's, it's it comes down. Do you want to be the Phillies where you oh, you had a good five year window and then all of a sudden it slammed shut because you didn't know how to scout, you didn't know how to draft well, all that stuff. You didn't you didn't trade your players at their peak value to to extend a window. They have a chance right now to extend a window. And Howie Roseman has talked about that forever. He's not interested. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl this year and won the whole thing. But if you listen to his press conference from before last season, it was all about, we don't want to just be a fluke 9-7 and seven here and there right. and, and do that. I think trading Nick Foles, it gets you more cheap talent in here, extends your window, and obviously then you just have to draft well. Which is, I mean, draft picks, do they even ever work out? Ever? <laughs> yeah. So it's just annoying. Yeah, I, th- I think keeping Nick Foles in this roster is incredibly short-sighted. And it'd be something that a, a a team that cares more about sentimentality than winning would do. Well, I can. I s- think Jack hit on it there. I yeah. think that that's what I was going to say. I think you look at look at Howie Roseman. Like look at his body of work. Look at his like his personality and his style that we've seen over the years. Is it like Howie Roseman at all to keep a guy? Like that, and I keep a guy like let's say keeps Nick Foles. Nick Foles doesn't even play at all in 2018, which is the ideal, by the way. Like that's the ideal situation that Nick Foles does not even have to play one single snap in 2018, and then he just walks in free agency when yeah. you could have gotten a a first, a second, something like that. Like that is not Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman does not do that. Like he's not fine with that like that's not maximizing assets as jack kind of just explained right there and now you're gonna be like yeah but he likes to invest in the quarterback position i get it you have nate sudfeld though like i don't know why we're counting nate sudfeld out like because nobody's seen him like play because nobody's seen him he play. Had, that's highest, fine, but, no, no, he's no, no. but that's but that's not a non-factor yeah yeah no, i'm saying no I, I i agree with you i'm saying if people don't see it they don't believe it that's it. And that's fair. I get and, that. But you and can't secondly, just ignore him. You can, it's, not as, right. it's not a binary system of like, oh, well, you, if you don't want to keep Nick Foles, then you want to rush Nick uh, Carson Wentz <laughs> back on the field. No, I don't. No one is saying that. Like, literally no one is saying that. Uh, I, I don't really want to play. I don't want Wentz playing week one. I don't think. I don't think I do either. But it doesn't, you know. But that doesn't mean could, you have to keep Nick he Foles. Could be like, a, somehow that's right. like the decision. Yeah, and that's what I don't understand is because they, I, I'm going to go back to there are a lot of other people who have played this game before. Josh McCown. Yes. So I don't know what the what his deal is going to be with the Jets or where they end up being. But if you I, and I don't expect him to sign early either to see what shakes out uh, during this free agency period. And there are a lot of A, B and C options uh, throughout this draft that uh, a lot of GMs have talked uh, have talked about. Um, I and, I, you know, at the end of the day, I guess. I, I am with you guys. Like there is no other way that I see this team improving without trading Nick Foles for your future. I, I really don't because it's just uh, and the fact that Nate Sudfeld played in the same game as as Nick Foles and the reasons for that was because of the cold weather and whatever. So if you're applying that to Nate Sudfeld, was saying well they didn't score any points on the, on a offense. You could probably say the same things of it's kind of a weird first start when it's not really a game game and nobody's really up for it and your teammates are are just looking ahead to starting in the playoffs too. I, I it will it'll also because if you don't make this decision now and you end up having uh, you're you're taking away reps from eventually Nate Sudfeld being that guy anyway. I I think that's something you had said before BLG where I the, the waiting process 
to get into training camp only hurts Nate Sudfeld to try and take that role or compete with whatever veteran that they decide to try and bring in for that competition or draft one or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, and I, and here's here's something that I don't think people have said enough. Nick Foles doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. Of course he doesn't. Nick How Foles do you know? wants to be a starter again. Right. He's happy here. How dare you? <laughs> He's a Christian. So, well, like, he wants to go out and compete, and people go, well, you can't do a disservice and just trade him to Cleveland. Yes, you can, uh, because... If he's really the quarterback that people think he is, he turns around the Browns, right? Like... It's or, ridiculous. Not, not even that, but that I mean, think of all of the incoming QBs every single year. Are they going to good teams or are they going to shitty teams? They're going to shitty teams. So if they do that, uh, it's the same premise. Like, hey, you have to make this team better. And speaking of McCown, he made the Jets better. I know they're not a good franchise and they didn't, but I mean, he, he made them better. He keeps getting jobs because... Of that, so I don't. I don't think it's like a well. You got to send him to the right place, BLG. If if Nick Foles can go be a starter somewhere, then let him go be a starter somewhere. I think the logic there is interesting too, because it's like, oh no, you can't trade him because he wants to be here. You have to do what he wants. But it's also like, well, what if he does want to go somewhere? Like the same enthusiasm isn't there, like in honoring that. It's like, yeah, we need to honor him if he wants to stay. But then if he wants to go somewhere, no, we can't do that because Carson Wentz is hurt and blah blah blah. So I think that's kind of interesting. And yeah, I mean, I, now I've said all along that I feel like Nick Foles should have some say. And we heard uh, Doug Peterson say that he probably will. Doug said that. He said, you know, we're going to he doesn't want to. Doug said, I don't want to blindside a player. I think that factors into the emotional intelligence equation and, you know, having respect in that locker room. I think, you know, he won the Super Bowl MVP award. They can't just they can't send him to Cleveland against his own will, unless it's some kind of crazy offer, like, you know, a first and a fourth, then you're, you can deal with the repercussions of that. Uh, you know, someone being unhappy at such a great cost, but uh, Cleveland kind of makes sense to me, man. I mean, they have three second round picks, the most valuable picks of them all. So <laughs> I, I think you can get at least one there and maybe, you know, they have so many other picks. I don't know if you get one of them or, or what ha- have you there, but they, it's going to happen. I think it has to happen. Just again, going back to the cap space, going back to the draft pick situation, um, thinking about all of that, thinking about, again, not just this year, but the, the cap in future years and saving that money. And uh, another thing with the Foles trade is I can't remember it. I got Jack, I, I just got what Jack got, and it, my mind completely wiped out. <laughs> It's going um, around here. You know, I, I don't know what's... Uh, I, I will say this is another factor. Maybe if it pops back into your mind, let me know, BLG. BLG. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns want a... I, I don't know even know how to say this properly. Want a, an excuse, I guess, but it's not really excuse. They want insurance to make sure that they can draft Saquon Barkley at one and they can kind of pick and choose between the two quarterbacks that might fall to four if the Giants don't do that. Because I think a lot of people are thinking if Cleveland passes on a QB, then the Giants will take one. Uh, or, uh, you know, the, the 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 Broncos and the Bills and the Jets could all jump up there and make a trade with them and do whatever. But if they have Nick Foles and Saquon Barkley and also Deshaun Kaiser – that makes a lot of sense, you know, because they're, they're going to try and, and do that format. And, and I'll stick with Saquon Barkley just for a moment, too, because Jordan Renan had also said, and this is something that I've just been pounding the pavement for, standing on top of the table and slamming it down. The Giants, ooh, yes, indeed, the Giants. It is possible for them to take Saquon Barkley at two. Fucking let them. Let them do that. I am not saying that Saquon Barkley is a bad running back by any means. He's phenomenal. He athletically tested better than anyone I've ever seen come through the combine. He's an he's a freak. And I well, thought, he's the best running back ever. He is. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> he is not. Any pe- level. People, <laughs> people keep tagging uh, him as a generational talent. He is not a generational talent. He's a generational athlete, maybe. He can be in that conversation because... Damn. I mean, like, you don't just see that out of running backs for a long time. I also know the Eagles don't want the Giants to draft Saquon Barkley strictly because they know how good he is. And that would be terrible to face him six to seven years, however long his career lasts in uh, in New York. And I can think of OBJ and Ingram and be like, wow, that's really dangerous. The longer that they keep riding with Eli Manning, the better. 
that's just how it's going to go. And uh, and if I know Gettleman, if I know how they want to do all this stuff, they want to have a guy that's going to run 24 times a game and, and make Eli just feel very comfortable back there. I don't know who's going to block for him uh, because that's still an issue. But, you know, I, I, want, him. I, I want them to take Saquon Barkley badly because I feel comfortable on what the Eagles can do against uh, a running team, as they've already shown, with Zeke, because people keep bringing up Zeke and like, well, why would you want to do that? And the talent's there. It's like, yeah, it, it didn't help Dallas win a Super Bowl. You want to take your cues from the Rams and the Cowboys? Go right ahead. That's yeah, fine And, and Zeke was running behind that offensive line. It's, it's true. And Saquon be running behind that Giants offensive so line. So nothing from Penn State will change that much. Right. It's just like, I mean, <laughs> I love Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley is a is an absolute star. I think he's I think he's better than the way you're portraying him. It's like I think he's a like I would take him over Gurley. If I was like free drafting, I'll take him over Gurley. Absolutely not. Uh, I'll take him over Zeke. I'd take him over Zeke, but not Gurley. Not a chance. I would take him over Gurley. I think he's a better back. But whatever. Uh, my my point is he's not Walter Payton, he's not Bo Jackson, he's not Barry Sanders and he's not Adrian Peterson. Also, the Eagles the, I saw uh, someone put it out today that the Eagles and Patriots combined uh for their running backs combined in the Super Bowl cost them 7 million dollars and Le'Veon Bell's going to cost them 14 million this year. <laughs> That's, so he just got tagged it, today. It, yeah. yeah, it goes back to the whole first round running back. Why 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 are we doing that? It's it, it's 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 sure you can get a great player, but just like it's not a good allocation of your resources. There is I and when we'll have this debate to, you know forever, but like it just, it really depends on the structure of your team. Why it was bad for the Cowboys too, and it's the same thing with the Giants. They're not resetting the clock on whatever. Like if they didn't land Dak Prescott right now, holy shit, would they be in trouble? Because well, not only I have some news for you. Well, I, yeah, exactly, and there are people that feel that way too. Uh, but the fact that they passed on Jalen Ramsey, huge fucking mistake. Like that's that's going to always kill them forever. That's a that's a guy that at a premium position who's in his second year, probably the or one of the best at that position. Uh, I still think it. But you take a, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars which, again, are paying Blake Bortles, and you're just going to have to accept that. But from their eyes, they have a quarterback. They got uh, two guys at the premium position at CB. It's okay to go and take Leonard Fournette at that point. I, You know, uh, they still need some help in the trenches and uh, score points or whatever. I don't mind if people do that. I think it's. I think it has to be of, of a Saquon level. Like, I wouldn't I, – I, I'm still not going to fault them for taking them, but I still want that to happen because it's – Still, Eli Manning, and I and, and if people think I agree that, with you. that Gettleman is <laughs> is a good GM, I'm I'm all ears. Not like, taking a quarterback, I think, is a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake, even though, like, I'm kind of I'm I'm up in the air because I like Rosen. I think he's I think to me it's Lamar Jackson, Rosen, and Baker Mayfield. I think those are the three guys that are going to have the most success. Uh, uh, did you see Josh Allen throw 70 yards from his knees? <laughs> I, I did. I, I also heard his answers during his press conference, and what an idiot. Like, he if is you, such a tool bag. Dude, he is going to fail. He's going to fail. Sorry. He's just not. <laughs> he he doesn't have it in between the ears. He's got all the talent in the world. It's like Mitchell Trubisky. He, exactly. He just doesn't have it, and that's the most important part of the QB. That's when I look at Rosen, and he's just like himself, and he's there, and he answers questions. He's really smart. He'll figure it out eventually. Uh, with that being said, BLG, are you on uh, saying Saquon Barkley to the Giants and just let them let them do that? I'm pretty excited. I think about Eli Manning just being the quarterback yeah. there for even more, and and even more so awesome about it is that Gettleman and like his first press conference said. Oh, you gotta look at those Eagles games, and you can see Eli Manning is still good. Like, dude, like that's what you're basing your decision <laughs> off of. Like, you're kidding me? Like, that's like, oh well, he was still good against our division rival. I mean, maybe a dead ass tired team on the road that like <laughs> has a playoff spot looked up. Yeah, good, good, good evaluation there. Yeah, Doug Doug Peterson, you know, very smart guy playing like you know three dimensional chess, four dimensional chess. I don't know, like ten dimensional chess, like. What if he, you know, was just rope a doping them into keeping Eli Manning around? I mean, we can't say for sure, about but that. I think that's what ha- having yeah. having Eli around though, for real. I mean, that's I think that's what you want if you're the Eagles, because yes, you know, Barkley Barkley's really good. I don't I don't want him going to the Giants, but if it's between that or a quarterback, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be, sure, it'd be great if they took a quarterback and he was terrible. But at the same time. 
what if that quarterback turned out to be really good? And then that's a problem you're having for not only, you know, like 10 years, it could be 20 years, who knows, however long he could last. I mean, running back, we know for sure, you know, or at least based on history, yeah, Saquon Barkley might be really good, but the the shelf life is going to be limited. You're going to have to pay him a lot of money already off the bat just because he's a rookie and he's making that that decent amount of money for a second-round pick, and he's a running back. So, I mean, that would be amazing. I've also seen Quentin Nelson. Uh, you know, I've heard that, you know, that that's apparently a possibility for them, which is at just two? fantastic. Taking a guard, yes, at two. Like, I, I just want them to do something dumb like that. And then imagine them probably paying Andrew Norwell and free agency too, like just the crazy money, just like just totally just beefing up on the, the beefiest guards you can and just <laughs> well, spending ridiculous assets. Here's the thing. I, and I, and I say at two, like it's like, it, it would be crazy, but I mean, he's going to go in the top five. Uh, the only, it's the same, same thing with that as well. Like if you're going to invest that in a, into a guard, like he better be Orlando pace. Uh, and if he's not, or close to it. Like, I, 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 there are a lot of people that think he's the best player in this draft, too. And I'm not going to argue with him because he looks really good out there. And I mean, people said that about Chance Wormack. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, again, another generational talent. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I will say this, PLG, speaking of Notre Dame, um, I, I, the, I, the whispers are the Eagles really do like Mike McGlinchey a lot. I don't know if he's going to get down there to 32. He's the left tackle from uh, Notre Dame. That, that seems like a good, uh, again, a good spot. A Philly guy, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> people like to get, uh, get uh, torn up in that. Plus, he's, he's Matt Ryan's cousin. So, you know, that's, like, that's kind of like a twofer from the area at the same time. But apparently, you know, the Stoutland interview that he went down and, and went through was was really good. And I know Mike Mayock pounds the table for him a lot because he knows him a lot. Uh, but there is some inconsistent tape there, and there are some people that don't think that he can handle the bull rush as much. And I think they look at the games that he had against Georgia and he didn't he struggled he didn't do that great against uh, some of those uh, really talented defensive uh, ends that they have there one including Chubb so um you know that's that's to be expected and they kind of pigeonholed in that there's some there's some inconsistencies there but for a guy that like you said BLG um where where you're not automatically just saying like okay Vitae's the next guy up he's going to have to compete with now this first round pick Jason Peters can hopefully be there uh, for a little more than seven games, and even if he's not, then the decision can come then, and you really kind of just work him into that and, and see what happens there. I think it makes the most sense in the world still to me to go to go offensive tackle here, and and I would welcome Mike McGlinchey to that. I don't know if you have any any of those takes, BLG, but that's I'll leave that there for you. Yeah, I mean, again, I think you cannot go wrong by investing in the trenches here. And again, going back to what I said at the top of the show, you need at least four good offensive tackles in this specific situation. And just to have that guy in the system and who could take over for Peters whenever he decides to hang him up. I mean, I just I think there's a lot of value in that. I just want to keep seeing. You know this offensive line dominate. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to get tired of that. Like that's that's what won them the Super Bowl. Like a, a huge part. I mean, Nick Foles played well, yeah, but go back and look at how many times he was pressured. I mean, he was like kept clean like the whole night. He did a great job of taking advantage of that awesome protection he had, and that helped a lot. And I want to see Carson stay healthy. So that's I don't want to see him taking all these hits. I mean. You know, we know Carson's a special dude. So protect him as best as you can and get all those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll leave that there. Uh, Jack Fritz said to Irish goodbye us because he's got to go do uh, the evening show with Joe Gilio. So make sure that you turn to that. I'm sure there's another counterpoint that is coming as well. I want to leave you with this. I, I was... Uh, first of all, thank you to the Eagles for inviting me and the rest of uh, uh, some of the WIP staff down to Novacare because one... I got to see the you know, Lombardi Trophy live and in person, the real one. And Dave Spadaro said that it's going to take about eight months for Tiffany and company to actually engrave that bad boy with the score and all that. So it's going to take some time, but it was really cool to see there. And they brought us down to finally see uh, the Super Bowl compilation that NFL Films had put together, the DVDs that hopefully you've already uh, pre-ordered and, and gotten into your homes 
uh, as we're recording this on Tuesday, and it was just an awesome experience to have uh, them there. I would say that uh, Najee Good and Chris Maragos and also Mac Hollins made an appearance, came out and talked to the crowd, which is really nice. And boy, oh boy, is Najee Good at talking shit, man. He is just phenomenal at it. I mean, he's making fun of Tom Brady uh, and then was also just sharing a lot of lot of great stories. Like they've never seen so many grown men cry, and especially uh, uh, Najee Good's dad. He's never seen cry until that day. Uh, uh, so it was it was really cool. The DVD overall was was perfectly put together and the crowd was cheering, even though that the, we, we knew that was coming up. But for me, especially like and I, I think I hit it pretty well, but I started getting choked up a little bit, too, because of all the different things that I remember seeing from the season with Carson that kind of sometimes slip your mind a little bit, too. And you're going like, holy crap. And to the point of we're talking about offensive linemen, they were not the same cohesive dominant unit for the first you know six seven weeks of the season i think that's another thing that we tend to forget a lot when we're evaluating what the eagles uh, eventually became is uh, we're so caught up in the super bowl as we should be and i never want that moment to kind of uh, leave but like i'm just going like god damn carson wentz is so special and then i got revved up a little more of just like i need him to go win another super bowl for him really like i want to see carson wentz go win a super bowl because he really did deserve it throughout the year and you forget about all the spectacular plays that he made the movement that they had him kind of uh, uh, do with a you know get a, rolling him out to his his left and uh, rolling him out to his right and uh, I went back and watched the Panthers game again and you just like I, I know people want to say like hey you need, need to have Carson just kind of like take it easy and whatever but there are so many like option and designed runs that they ran a few times here and there for the first you know couple of couple of weeks of the season that you go no man I mean he needs he needs to get in there and needs to feel comfortable again and still play his game uh, Carson Wentz is a special talent that was my takeaway from from the DVD but make sure to go buy it. the Blu-ray has like a ton of different uh, bonus features and it was really cool talking to the director and the producer of all that so I'll leave you with that BLG you got any final thoughts pal final thought good to be back um, we have the WIP show coming up right on um, Saturday and we do 3.30 to 6.30 but probably that means like 4.45 because <laughs> the Phillies are playing in front of us but somewhere around there yes sir and then Birdstown Hall on, was it Tuesday? Tuesday at McGurk's uh, that is up in uh, Horsham. Horsham. PA. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they got really good food. I was just checking out their menu, too. So it's uh, so. cheesesteak uh, egg rolls there, pal. So go listen to us. And by the way, like we said at the beginning of the show, leave us an iTunes review and rating. Five stars, obviously. It was a rating. Tell us what you think of this show. And again, pizza party. If we get to, I'm going to say a thousand. Yeah, now. a thousand. We'll do a thousand. So get us to a thousand. Uh, I love it. So that's going to do it for us, for Brandon Lee Gowton, of course, for Jack Fritz. I am John Barch. You can follow me at John Barchard, at Brandon Gowton, at Jack Fritz WIP. And of course, follow us on the Twitter.com uh, for the whole shebang at BGN underscore radio. This has been BGN Radio, number 303, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. We'll see you guys. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. How dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss? Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce, Rwanda and a Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake for baking soda. Cake for soldiers move away from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep in You either sheep or shit, be scared or cut. Now you gotta be kidding me with the Boston cream is the best donut on the planet or whatever. That's your go-to. That's just so much. It's too much, especially in the morning. You know me. I'm I'm all in. You know I'm an intense guy. Um, <laughs> you gotta. But here again, like I said in the pod, it can't be. Now see, it's super confusing because. You have Boston cream, right? And you have Boston custard, but I don't recognize Boston custard as a thing. Like, I don't like that name, but that's what I want. I want a Boston cream donut that has not like white cream in it. It has to have that yellow custard. Uh, no, that's just, I don't want anything. That's, <laughs> no, I, I don't want anything that's cream filled in the morning. That's why I no. I, I said the French crawler and that's the donut. That's the one like that There's is a hole in it. I needed like a substantial bite. <laughs> well, you know, you should. You, I think you'd be more like a bear claw guy, or like a you know something that's got some weight to it. 
I like a uh, like give me like a chocolate glazed donut, you know, so sort of like the the Big white glaze, yes, and then like the chocolate ganache on it and Jimmy's too. Yeah, Dunkin that's, Donuts. That's those. They're great. Those are uh, those are delicious. I would also say. Uh, the blueberry cake, I'm a big fan of as well. And I'm not a fruit guy. I can't do like fruit stuff. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I, I I've noticed that there. But you can put <laughs> you can put fruit in alcohol and you love it. Yeah. That's, that's so. Fine. What's the deal? <laughs> well, that's a flavor. I, I don't. I don't like <laughs> exactly. It's a flavor. I don't like things that are like chunky. I don't like like if I get ice cream or water ice, like I can't have ch- unless it's like chocolate chips. That's a different story. But I can't have like <laughs> like frozen fruit. I have sensitive teeth, so like I'm biting into that stuff and it's like frozen. It's not a good. It's not a good time for me. Uh, yeah, but what's frozen in a in a blueberry cake donut? Like you don't. I don't, like, I don't like like chunks of that it's stuff. Not chunks. Like, have you ever had one in your life? You know yeah, what I mean, you're talking like, about? I mean, like, you got, like, a whole blue, or, like, you got, it depends where you get it from. I'm just not a big fruit guy when it comes to, I, I, I can do it. I, I can, I can have it. It's just not my go-to, though. I, I got to go Boston custard. Oh, again, Boston cream I, like with the to, custard. To me, you might as well just take a, uh, a you know, the, the uh, pastry tube and just fucking stick whipped cream in there and just, so. And just the that was breakfast, yum. <laughs> or that was like whatever. I you know I don't You're know. You're saying I wouldn't do that. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I guess I guess you should. That <laughs> uh, we'll have to try that next time and film it. It's just like here's you know a beer in your hand because again it looks like Andre the Giant. Like I I still ha- I still have PBRs that are left over and I think the I think James brought them over for New Year's. But every yeah. time that BLG comes over, he just picks one up, and I just am so blown away on how tiny the can looks in his hand. So uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, so, yeah, this is – by the way, this is, this is nothing to do with donuts or anything. This is why you don't listen to Walter football at all. During the draft season, just fucking ignore everything. That's, the Browns are consulting with Bill Parcells to draft quarterbacks. I guarantee you that's not true uh, because why would Dorsey – why would Dorsey do that? That makes no sense. Also, on during the pod, uh, I should have mentioned that's why there's a big connection to Nick Foles too, because uh, the because the, the general manager. So I think that's yeah, uh, that's kind of a thing. Yeah, there. I think that's an underrated point. That's a good point. He well, they were there for so the one year. The yeah, one yeah, year, and even uh, though I know Andy brought 16. him in in whatever, but like yeah, but still there, still there. You know, so yeah, uh, no, just, just keep your eyes out. We'll be uh, by the way, if you're still listening to this right now, we're gonna keep dropping. Uh, a lot of a lot of different stuff because there's just so much going on in the four days that we're in the combine. It's really hard to dissect with everything. But stick with stick with the offensive and defensive linemen of this class. Also look at linebackers that have fourth and sixth round tags on them. I'll just we'll just leave it there. So all right, enjoy your Friday and don't get snowed in. Bye bye.